The guards marched Kalina down the long hall of the villa. The windows had all uniformly been shuttered or painted black to keep out the light. Even at the height of day, there was nothing here but candlelight to allow her to see. Now, now, missy, said one of the guards. We'll see what Octavius wants with you, he snickered. She could glimpse the shine of his fangs even in the flickering candlelight. He's one lucky vampire, he is. Don't you get stroppy with Octavius. He'll turn you into breakfast before you can even scream. The second guard leered at her with black eyes. Eyes devoid of soul, devoid of sense. She shuddered. I wish to speak to Octavius in private, she said, trying not to let her voice tremble too much. The guard gave her a significant look. Speak, right, in private, the other guard laughed, drawing out the joke until his companion's grin had soured into a glower. They led her down the hall into the bedroom. It was a sumptuous room, decorated as Kalina imagines the villas of the Renaissance age must have been, Romanesque arches denoting doorways, heavy white gauzy curtains over windows she knew had been boarded shut. A fresco was painted over the headboard of the bed. She sat down, feeling her skin sink into the silky white sheets. She had to put her plan together. She had bought a little time, convincing Octavius that she wasn't the life's blood after all, putting just enough doubt into his mind that he wanted to talk to her before he... No, she couldn't think about that now. He knew it. She knew it. If he drank from her without being certain she was the life's blood, if he were unable to convince her to love him freely, and she would never, never love him freely, he would lose his hope of being human forever. She had put doubt into Octavius's mind that she was a virgin. She knew the legend as well as he did. If he drank from her after she had ceased to be a virgin, her blood would turn him not into a human, but into a monster as horrifying as Invincible. And for all the cruelty in Octavius's eyes, for all his anger and rage, she knew he wouldn't want that. He wanted what all vampires wanted, whether they admitted it to themselves or not whether they scoffed at the idea or publicly begged for it. To be human again, he couldn't risk it. She curled up into the bed, closing her eyes. Her thoughts drifted first to Stuart, then to Jager, back and forth again so quickly until she felt as if she were viewing a composite. Stuart's eyes, Jager's lips, their beauty melding together into a single image of the man she loved. They had both been so kind to her, their love twinned with their loyalty to their dead brother, and in return she had grown to love them. She loved Stuart's quiet strength, his melancholy, and his tense efforts to overcome his vampiric nature. And yet, there was Jager. She thought back to the events of the past few weeks. It had all seemed so easy before then. Her life was planned out for her. She had always been bound for success, voted most likely to succeed in every student poll for the yearbook. She hadn't been anything special, she knew that, but she'd always worked hard, harder than anyone else. She'd spent hours training to make the cheerleading squad, forcing her naturally slender frame to become hard and muscular, lean and taut. She'd spent just as many hours poring over her schoolbooks, doing every extra credit assignment, an optional reading to make sure that the grades that dotted her report card 
were all a uniform line of A's. She was careful, she was strong, but she never thought she was anything special. Not until Aaron's death, three months after Aaron had vanished, with nothing but a bloody backpack giving a testament to his whereabouts, two beautiful men had come into her life at the same time. There was Stuart, the kind-eyed boy in her history class, with a hazel gaze and sandy brown hair, who hugged her and comforted her when Aaron's name came up. And there was Jager, that mysterious figure who had swooped down from the skies one day to press his lips against hers and then vanish, leaving her with a thrilling sensation in her heart between fear and desire. Over time, she had learned what, and who, they were. They were half-brothers of Aaron's, the two heirs to the Greystone wineries, and, more importantly, they were vampires.